boy, today on the Sometime Show, it has finally happened. Facebook has fixed all of its problems by changing its name. We're going to talk about that and the tyranny of 10-year-olds. Here we go. Welcome, welcome to the Sometime Show. I am your host, Jimmy Snow, joined by your other host, Dominic Syracuse. Dominic, how's it going? What up? Oh, so good. So good. Just hanging out. We added the topic of the tyranny of 10-year-olds literally moments before hitting record because right before we came on air, uh, I I believe a 10-year-old walked into Dom's, where Dom is recording. And while I don't actually know the topic of he was asking, I could hear the I'm a 10-year-old and I'm here to lie and manipulate you voice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I think at 10 years old, you, dad, who is 32, I think, uh, and you know he doesn't remember how old you are. But anyway, you at 32 will probably fall for whatever word game I've got. You know, mom says it's okay with you, her, if it's okay with you, that kind of thing. Uh, that, that sort of manipulation. And I just found it very funny that I could hear this voice and think back, oh, so did my parents always know when I was lying at 10 years old? (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Here's the worst part of it. You know, what's the worst part of it is that all is that you have children and therefore no money, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. Okay. But you know, the, the funniest part about it is, uh, like, I remember hearing things from my parents that I now say, and it's, it's like, I hate it because then I'm like, it's like a double punch in the face. First, I have to say it. And that's like a gut punch. So if I go, you know, you know, I was 10 years old too once and you know, you say that, right. And then you remember, oh my God, my parents used to say that I've become my parents. That hurts. And then you realize, oh my God, that was me. I was that like annoying, you know? And then it's just a double, it's just a double punch every single day, you know? And then what makes it worse is when you realize you haven't grown up and that I still make those same yeah. BS excuses at 32 years old. You I, know what I mean? I just love the realization that uh, a lot of parents, kids, listen, if you're a child listening right now, I want to let you in on a little secret. One, you have bad parents because you're listening (laughs) to this right now. But two, uh, if you like all those times that you think you successfully manipulated and, and, and lied to and got away with something with your parents, that's not what happened. Your parents took a mental evaluation of, do I give enough of a fuck Yep, yep. To do something like I know you're lying to me, but honestly, the easiest way forward for me is for to let you go risk your life on the moto on the motorbikes that you're actually about to go ride with your friends. Right. Uh, what are, on the dirt bikes you're actually going to go ride with your friends? Uh, right. And if you die, I will be very sad. But you lied to me, so you deserved it. And I will now have money again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, <laughs> no, Wholesome. I'm not condoning anything you just said. Oh yeah. Okay. But let's, uh, let's talk after you guys break up. 
<laughs> I know no, who you're not I, condoning it for. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like, like, no, because actually I have so much, I have, I have such a different philosophy on parenting than uh, my partner. Like for instance, the other day, I'm not kidding. My son wanted to jump off the roof. That was like his thing. He was like, oh, can I do it? And now you gotta understand he, he's been doing gymnastics. He goes to tumbling classes. He, he loves parkour and he, he, you know, he's been training himself on how to fall. So it's not like a insane thing. He literally was looking at it and he goes, I think this is eight feet. And he's like, the highest I've jumped from before is seven. I think I can jump off of this. So he he presented, right? So he was like, I think I can jump off this. And then I'm just like, immediately like, yeah, do it, do it. Kind of totally changes that whole world of like, well, if Millhouse was jumping off the roof, would you, (laughs) Millhouse is jumping off the roof? I'm there. That was actually, that was an actual like, uh, episode of the Simpsons. I'm sorry if everyone can hear the airplane in the background. I, uh, forgot to close a window. That's good. I'm going to, I'm going to cover the mic and we'll just get real, real intimate like this. Oh yeah. But the thing is, is that I was like, you know, um, I was like, yeah, do it. Just do it. You've presented a good argument. Do it. And my partner's like, no, are you kidding? He's going to break his ankle. No, I'm not going to let him do that. And I don't want him to think it's okay to just do this. And, you know, she's, you know, not liking it. And I remember being like, listen, here's the way I think as a parent. And maybe it's not good, but it's a win-win situation. Either You did just give it. your, for just for context, to remind everybody, he's saying maybe it's not good. And now he's going to explain how he justified giving his kid permission to jump off the roof. <laughs> yeah. So I went like this. I went, look, here, here are the two options. Either you succeed and you are, you know, like you, you, now I know that you know the proper technique. I don't have to worry about you falling off the roof. You can handle it. If it happens, we're good. Or you break your ankle and never ask me to do that again and learn like, Oh, you want to jump off the roof ever again? No. Why? Cause you, you broke your ankle. There's never have to worry about it again. There is some wisdom here. Cause I broke my leg on a four wheeler. Guess what? I haven't been on since. Thank you. Thank right? you. Right now. Thank you. I will say you haven't necessarily correctly identified the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> The worst thing that could happen is his death. And in fairness, you are correct. He will never ask again. <laughs> that is technically true. I really don't. Like, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that scene from The Dark Knight. You remember where he goes, you need to work on your threats. Because if you were to toss me off the building from here, I'd only break my legs. And he's like, "You're, I'm counting I'm on counting it. I'm counting on it. And he throws him. Like, I haven't figured out whether or not your story is a joke yet. And so that's, uh, I'm not a parent, so I have no idea whether or not like you have to do the, like for the record, I'm kidding. Don't let your kids jump off the roof or if you're like, no, that all, that's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I like, listen, here's what I need from everybody listening because, okay. If you are a parent, don't judge me. Okay. Uh, you had to be there. Also, my son is very athletic. I'm not number, a parent and I am judging you. Yeah. Number two, if you're a parent, don't judge me. You're not a parent. There's nothing worse than non-parents judging parents. There's nothing. What worse. are you talking you know, about? That is such the stupidest argument I've ever heard because there are all these people that are like, um, you're not a parent. You can't judge my parenting. And you're literally like, Michael, you're dangling your child out the window. 
I can't judge. You know what I was before I was not a parent? The child of parents. You know what I am painfully aware aware of? All of my parents' failings. There's not zero basis. Yes, I understand that there's going to be a lot that if you don't have the experience of parenting, it's going to be harder for you. to. But we're talking about, I just think, Dom, I just think that parent or not, a person can have a pretty valid opinion on letting a 10 year old jump off a roof. Sure. Now here's the thing <laughs> is you can't and you shouldn't. And you're a bad person <laughs> if you do. <laughs> no, you know, what's the hard. Okay. There's so many things that are, that are difficult about being a parent and like, but you know, what's the hardest one for me seriously is that I now have become the oppressor. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest part for me because, you know, growing up, it was like, no, I'm not going to do this. My parents were, you know, my dad especially was like so, so hard on me and, and all this, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be gentle and I'm going to, I'm going to show my kids the wonderful ways of the world and all this stuff. And then it's like, you know, and you hear all these things like, this is for your own good and you know, and when you're a kid, you don't know, like, let me be free. And then now I have kids and I'm not kidding. Like yeah. the biggest fight in our house is, is can we have McDonald's? No. Why not? You literally had McDonald's yesterday and the day before you're going to eat real food. See, today. okay. But, but and, you're even and, describing a conversation in my, in the house I grew up in. It was, Hey, can we have McDonald's? No. Why not? Because I said so. Did you just question me? I just told you no. Now go and do 12 hours worth of chores because you question me. That's that's not how it works in this house. Are you insane? My dad would literally use the phrase, are you taking stupid pills? Right. And yeah, and I would, and see that kind of stuff that like, I, I avoid that. But here's my problem is that I go, can we have McDonald's? No. Why not? Because you need to eat food, right? Like real food. Well, I don't like any of that stuff. Too bad. It's good for you. McDonald's isn't. And then pounding and huffing and puffing off to the, this is not fair, you know? And then it's like, it's like, you know, other rules we have, like no candy in the rooms, right? And then you go in the room and guess what there is? Candy all over the place. And you go, all right, now you're grounded from having candy. And then it's like, this is garbage, you know? And, and the thing is, is I know, like, I'm a rational person. I understand I'm not being at all overbearing, but in their 10 year old solipsistic minds, I am a monster. Sure, sure, sure. sure. I am, yeah. I am the oppressive government. Right. You know, like, if only. And there are days that I just kind of like, I'm like, you know, I was telling, <laughs> I was telling my partner, I was like, no, 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 no. We both know that he, like, you know, snuck a giant thing of, of candy into his room. And we both know that if it goes unchecked, he's going to eat the whole thing. And this goes back to my roof argument. I was like, let him, let him eat all of it. And because honestly, if we just take it away, it's going to be a big fight or whatever. Let him eat all of it and then let him get so sick, like so incredibly sick and let him throw up more, like instead of tasting the rainbow, let him throw the rainbow up for 30 minutes in the bathroom hunched over. Hey, do you have a public, do you have a public email? Uh, no. Okay. Why? I'll forward you the emails we're going to (laughs) get. What I'm saying is let him do it. And then that way you go, Hey, Hey bud. So check it out. 
That's why we make rules is so that this doesn't happen to you. And then I have to then again say the thing that used to make me cringe, which is this is for your own good. I take it away right. for your own good. Now, listen, you know what I mean? I've never had any kids. I've barely had any pregnancy scares. But Dom, let me give you some advice. Uh, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, this is as much as I want to talk about parenting as, as, uh, hang on. Last thing I had to tell one, one quick, one quick fun right, story. Go ahead. Cause when you are a parent, I do have to say it with all that. I like, I love my kids to death and they're all amazing. I really mean that. I'm not just saying that. And they're, by loves his kids awesome. to death, he means loves his kids to murder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you know, crazy things do happen. And, and my favorite was the other day. I I open the freezer and there is boxer there is there is underwear there is like like 7 year old underwear in the freezer not not the underwear has been there for 7 years it is underwear made for a 7 year old in the freezer like on the food like on the <laughs> on the frozen waffles or whatever and I'm like what is going on here Somebody walk me through the steps that led to underwear being put in the freezer. And the youngest, the seven-year-old goes, well, it just, it's really hot outside. I had no problem with this. Like I understood the concept from the onset. <laughs> I was like, this, this doesn't not make sense. My only thing is like, Underwear is a little risky because if it gets too cold, <laughs> you could like freeze or burn your balls. But no, I, I I get it. No, because you don't understand. I find I find clothes everywhere. Like a game they love to play is to take their socks or shirts or whatever and throw them up into the ceiling fan, like the revolving ceiling fan, and it hits the ceiling fan and goes. You should probably stop sharing facts somewhere. that might affect your security deposit. Yeah, yeah, right. So they do that. And then so I find underwear everywhere, like all over. And I get so mad. I'm like, you know, you hear, like the toaster is not a place for your underwear. You know, <laughs> why is there underwear on the dining room table? You know, and the weirdest one for me was I opened the fridge and I'm or the freezer. And I'm like, how did underwear get in here? And it turns out he's like, no, no, I, I did that on purpose because it's hot outside. I think they're all on purpose on. on the toaster. It's cold outside on the <laughs> dining room table. Well, listen, every morning you're on to me at how I'm not getting out of the house quick enough. So I figure if I combine eating breakfast with changing my underwear, I can cut off some amount of time. I think all of these make sense. Okay. You yeah. put out, you threw them up on the set on the fan. They don't smell very good. Dad. I thought if I aired them out, they yeah. would smell no. a little bit better i know and hence why we thought this about all of our parents and now it's my turn i'm the dummy i yeah you're like i'm just sitting here going like parenting is obviously easy you're just fucking it up <laughs> why are why are you making parenting so hard look man i watch i've been watching a lot of murder shows lately and mm. and those parents those are the ones where you're like oh my god what would you do in that situation where it's like you're like okay 
the correct form of parenting is supposed to be like you did something wrong. So you and I are supposed to, this according to books. I, don't, I have no fucking idea. But according to books and, and, and things that I've like talked about with my therapist, when something is done wrong, it's actually supposed to result in not like screaming and a punishment and stuff. It's supposed to be a conversation about like, why did you do this? Okay, what are the consequences of this? You tell me what you think happens next to the person you did this to. You tell me, blah, blah, blah. If you were in my position, what do you think should be done if if you were blah, blah, blah? And basically, you like talk it out and you make these kids understand on a level of empathy, uh, that sort of thing. But on these murder shows, I just imagine like you're the best parent in the world and that's the thing you do every time because you're never impatient. Like you're somehow, you somehow have that superpower. And you just get these kids, it's like, okay, but why... Did you snap your sister's bunny's neck? And then it's like, because I wanted to know how it felt. Okay, but how do you think that makes her feel? Sad. So what if what if it had happened to you? I don't ever feel sad. I don't know. It's like, uh, <laughs> That's it's like a, wow, that was a very, what? I, I would ask her how it felt to snap my bunny's neck. Um. Okay, what if she wouldn't tell you? I'd I'd go find a different bunny and try myself. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> what do you do in this situation? Where it's like, and so at the end of the day, I'm saying that Dom, at least your kids aren't murderers yet. Right. And that's the really that's a really good thing. You remember no, when I, it, you remember when like the standard used to be because we were such a bigoted society that it's like all I have to do as a parent is make sure my child is never a stripper. Because we were being douchebag but now like because of the popularity of murder shows i feel like the new standard should be like as long as my child doesn't murder more than two people i will feel like i succeeded yeah yeah the first two people i get though because tiktok exists and they're all turning into little sociopaths but if they'll stop at two we're good yeah yeah that are like you know (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like uh, I've just realized that being a parent, you know, n- nobody has perfect parents. I saw this funny meme and it was it was like this beautiful utopian society. And it was like if dads went to therapy. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was like this would be our world. You know, but, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heavily therapized and there are some things that it's like, you know what, the, 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 one of the biggest issues is just that like you're 10, I have to say this all the time. I'm like, listen, yes, it would be awesome if you just could eat candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I get that, especially from your mind. It would be great. However, I can't let you do that because it's very bad for you. And I love you and it's going to make you sick and cause a bunch of problems. And then I realize I'm looking at myself in the mirror, literally saying these things. And instead of candy, it's, you know, drugs and. I, well, I just like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, Tom, when you're telling a story that I know the full context of, and I'm just supposed to stay silent. So everybody feels sorry for you. But in that story, I was there. Dom was eating the kids' candy in front of him. <laughs> he was like, he's putting the Snickers in his mouth, and he's like, listen, I wish I could eat candy whenever I want, awesome. like I'm doing right now. Yeah, I wish I could, but you know, and then, now this is the, the excuse I put, but you know what? I'm the parent, so I can do whatever you want, and my whole job is to tell you you can't, so do as I 
say not as I do and also get out of my way because I'm watching naughty movies. Dom literally jumped off the roof after telling his kid he couldn't. <laughs> I went, no, you know what's the funniest part about that? I'm not, this is not a punchline. This is not anything. My partner looks at me and goes, he's, he's like, if he jumps off the roof, he could break his ankle. And I go, I was like, I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fine. And she's like, "Didn't you break your ankle once?" And I was like, "Yeah." She went, "How?" And I was like, "Jumping off a roof." <laughs> and, she, and she was like, "Do I need to say anything more?" I was like, "Well, okay. Two things. Number one, that roof was way higher than this roof. And number two, I haven't done it since. So, yeah, that's, either way that, we go. Yeah, about that's this, not a good story. I'm right." Right. Like if, if the, uh, if the point is let him break his ankle, cause then he'll learn, which by the way, I'm not defending as a type of parenting, but if that's the, <laughs> if that is the point you are making, she's actually helping make your point. Like I'm sitting there going like, so what you're telling me is that every mistake anybody's ever made who could tell you not to do something, you never made any of those mistakes. Cause I have a feeling we could just go through guys you dated. <laughs> I know. And that's not, that's not meant to be specific at her. No. I could go through, no. I could go through girls Dom dated where it's like, you were warned you fucking dude. Like yeah, well, you that's were true, fucking like warned. It's like this. No, listen, listen, Jimmy. Uh, I had to make the wet mistake myself. He, he exa here's what you don't understand is that as a parent, if you're too overbearing on your child and say, no, you can't jump off the roof because I don't want you to get hurt. And then they're just going to want to jump off that roof, want to jump off that roof. And you say, no, 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 no. When they finally get their freedom, they're going to jump off that roof. Oh, Only yeah. this time it's not a roof. This time it's heroin and they're going to just do so yeah, much Yeah, that heroin. is, by so the way, just so you guys know, he's saying very literally, if you tell your child... <laughs> They can't jump off the roof. They will become a heroin addict. And so I love my child. And when he, when he does break his ankle and I go to the doctor and the doctor goes, why would you let him jump off a roof? I would say, cause I don't want him to be a heroin addict, sir. Yeah. And, and the doctor's and like, that. totally get it. Yeah. And this is the point yeah. in which I have to say. I am joking. No, he's not. No, he's not. And as Dom, by the way, as Dom was giving you that lecture, he was selling someone heroin. <laughs> and I'm sitting there as I'm, as I'm doing it, like injecting heroin going, and you can't do any of this because it's bad and you're not allowed. And well, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, All this right. was fun. This was fun. This was, uh, okay. this was a fun last podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. And I am thinking about how triggering everything I'm saying is, just for the record, because now I have really, for anybody who's listening, like I am a reco uh, recovered addict. I did have a drug overdose on opium, and I haven't done anything in a really long time. By that, I mean. He I only know. sells now. Yeah. Only now it's only for profit. So let's take the easy, obvious, and smooth transition to talking about Facebook. <laughs> let's go. And what's cool is we'll actually be breaking some news here because this information just happened a little bit ago today. I was actually watching the presentation. But there's a lot to talk about here uh, because Facebook is destroying the world. 
the the Instagram is destroying little girls, as is TikTok. Also, right. boys, uh, uh, kids are getting to take their bullying home with them. Uh, it, it is it, the whole thing is horrible, or at least it was. But now they've changed their name to Meta, M E T A, Meta, and everything's fine now. Wait, Facebook is changing its name for real? So, the website Facebook will continue to exist as is and as a product of a company called Meta. Much like Google uh, became a larger company called Alphabet, and now Google is one of Alphabet's products. Wow. Meta owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and about a thousand other services. And it's because they are they are saying they want to have now here's the thing. If you watch the presentation with Mark Zuckerberg, a lot of the things he says are the right things where it's like, oh, they're trying to build basically he has the same belief I have, which is that we are headed toward an online world where right now we have a cell we have cell phones and tablets that are almost like a window. Like you just imagine this world that's all inside a house. Okay. Uh, and your phone or your iPad, it ha- gives you the ability to look through the windows into the house and see the information from inside that house that you want. Whereas the metaverse is going to be the next level that takes you inside the house. You will be inside the internet via, uh, augmented reality, mixed reality, and virtual reality. You will be able to think commands and, and you'll be able to, uh, do all the stuff that there's already preliminary technology working on. I love virtual reality. And he says a lot of the right stuff about how like there has to be an open and free marketplace. You have to be able to own digital assets. It has to be yours, not something that somebody can fuck with. Like there has to be a way for that. There has to be, uh, they even were like, we're going to be, we're in the next few months. We have heard what people are saying and we agree. Like you should not have your social media shouldn't have to be directly connected to your existence in the metaverse. So even our virtual reality products, soon you're going to be able to use them without having to log into your Facebook. And you hear all of these things and you're like, God, he is actually saying all of the right stuff. But he also, his company also is pretty responsible for the insurrection. And, well, and, that's, and, and for and see, all this of is- this polarization and shit where you're just like, you have been so much the problem, but you know the right things to say. Go well, ahead. As does everyone, right? Who is like, look, look, here's here's the thing. And it actually is fitting. We were joking around about addiction and stuff a second ago because social media is absolutely addicting. Literally. Oh, yeah. Literally, they hired masters of addiction psychology to create the Facebook. Like the reason that the the algorithm works to only put your stuff out to certain amounts of people that they put, and the algorithm is literally like first, fifth, 10th, the first hour, as in people who view your profile. And then the next hour it will go to second, fourth, whatever. It's got an out the algorithm. So that way what it does is it keeps you looking at your phone or your computer around every 30 minutes to an hour because you're looking to see notifications. Is there more people? Have more people liked it? Have more people commented? Have more people said something? And every time we get a like on Facebook, the brain scans have shown that it's 
about the equivalent of a small bump of cocaine. You get you right. get a big well, dopamine and there's, rush. And there's other stuff we know that aren't like so so it's funny because a lot of people when they hear that they're like I've never done drugs or been addicted to drugs and that sounds like a stretch. And so you can you can go with other things. For example, they've shown that uh, the the experience of checking your phones to see if you have notifications of people interacting in some way of something to like of you getting some kind of validation is similar to gambling and like pulling yeah pulling the uh the slots thing and winning a round of slots that you're getting you're literally getting that that addiction that rush of like i just pulled i just pulled the lever and I just won. And they don't have to give you much. Like people get that rush. People can spend $100 on a nickel slot and then finally hit $10. And that rush they get is what does it. And so it literally, they don't have to give you much in response to your check. It can literally be like, you know, your right. your cousin commented and, like looking handsome. And now you have a different thing you need to go to therapy for because your cousin's also kind of <laughs> hot. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And to get like slightly clinical for a second, what drugs do is drugs just trigger natural chemicals that already exist in your body to dispense at an extremely large rate, right? Or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, dopamine, serotonin, you know, endorphins, whatever. But the thing is, is those are released naturally too. Yeah. So when you get when you eat in certain foods, when you get a hug or a kiss from someone you like, when when you're scared of something, these these chemicals release as well. And so when we are approved of, when we are listened to, it triggers the same chemicals in the brain as being hugged. And when we are laughed at or approved of, it triggers the same chemicals in the brain as cocaine or like a bump of cocaine. And so we should say like, being hugged by somebody you want to be hugged by. Yes, yes, I, I, should, hate, I should say that. I hate most of the hugs I receive. Yes, I, I should have. You're right. You're right. I should have specified. But but here's the really interesting no, part. No, and, no, you can't go forward. Dom, I'm asking you to please stop hugging me. <laughs> when I, I'm just kidding. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you're so cuddly, Jimmy. I, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's this balance that we have to have here because I know like people are like, oh, I want to listen to them because they're funny together and the seriousness. And I never like for any one thing to go too long without yeah. a joke interrupting it. I hear you. Anyway, so, so continue. Interrupt this with jokes. Yeah. The, the last, the, 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 the thing I want to say and the, the topic I really want to get on because this is what... When, if I could pinpoint a very serious problem with what we found out about Facebook, it would be this. The thing is, is when we interact, when we have conflict, when there's conflict, that triggers the same reactions as, you know, getting punched or kicked, right? And so when there's something that we see that is confrontational or conflicting, we then have this urge to defend. No, 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 no. I got to I got to set this straight. And then when others argue with us, it puts us into a fight where we have to defend our not just I mean our, like at at times what feels like our life's philosophy. Yeah. And and then here's this pattern is you're you're getting upset, you feel hurt, you have to defend. And then people like your defense and come to your side. And that is the, oh, the rush, the acceptance, the, the, the dopamine. And then the other people come in with more punches and more kicks. And now they've got a team and it becomes this, your brain 
and your your physiology is now a freaking it's like somebody mixed mentos and coke and is just shaking it up inside of you and we've all had that feeling we've all been in the middle of a facebook fight where you're just like all right clear my calendar for the next three hours yeah. i am going in on this and i'll only feel good if somebody joins my side and if i get piled up on I'll find a reason to to like get out of that fight and then just go seethe for hours, which it's it's no surprise with with the way these operate on like the exact same parts of our chemical mind, which I do want to get back to the broader conversation about yeah, Facebook yeah, and stuff specifically here soon. Me but too. it's no surprise that like we're seeing this epidemic of depression and anxiety where it's as far as anxiety goes, you're literally activating the part of your brain that says you're about to die. You're in danger. Like, yeah, of death. You're in danger, you're in danger of being eaten by a yeah. tiger. Because uh, that's, that's exactly tigers what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. And but 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 what we found out about Facebook is that the algorithm was favoring posts and information and articles that specifically had this antagonizing quality. So things that people knew were conspiratorial, things that people knew were at, like agitating, they they perpetuated this because it's like a trap. And, and really, you know, that's Zuckerberg's, you know, excuse like, well, what am I supposed to do? It's an algorithm. It's not me. You know, I, the so algorithm in is fairness, what in fairness, that's people. actually not what he says. That's kind of more what the conversation people sort of imply. And you could, you right. could argue that that's, in practice what's been happening like i said they actually usually say the right thing right so right. the things that they're and the, the the things that they are most often saying right now are like we're ready to do whatever you tell us we live in a wild west where there's no regulation so we're doing our best but we want regulation we want a standard now the thing is that there's also a sort of a sinister thing to that where it's literally like, okay, we want the tools. If you put the regulations in now to prevent these things, that is going to mean that smaller companies that were doing that same stuff aren't going to be able to get as big as us because they won't be able to use those same evil tools that we already use to become gigantic. And that's not to lament the smaller evil companies not right. going out of existence, but it actually will remove a lot of competition for them when that regulation starts. And so what they're basically trying to say right now is like, we want regulation and stuff, but we want it to apply to everybody because you can't just come in and basically say, we need a set of laws for only Facebook, which technically has an element of fairness to it and sounds right. But in effect, they have created a online universe that nobody can even compete with uh, right. in the first place. And it's already, it's, it's almost like they are their own country and you should see laws and things that are independent to them ethically responding to that as well as uh, uh, well, these other things like breaking the companies up and, not like yeah. have this super monopoly. Well, what, what my question is, is if Zuckerberg's CEO, and, and mind you, I might be as ignorant right now as a non-parent trying to tell a parent how to parent here, but how... Sorry, except that for that, a, except that for that. Joke. Yeah, yeah. And no, I'm no, going to no, push no. back because you know what? There are billions of accounts of parenting that one can read and study and and, and in essence... Still have a theoretical understanding. No, I know. I'm, I'm joking. My my point is, I would like to point. put out that parenting's not that hard. 
<laughs> Just to so make my, some my, people mad. Yeah, my point is, is that why can't Zuckerberg put those restrictions in himself? It's his company. Why can't he straight up say, I am governing it as my own? That's completely within the realm of free market capitalism. You can say, I'm putting these restrictions in immediately. And the reason, and, but, but, but the reason it, why he doesn't is, is I'm, I, I'm like, well, we're just going to kind of do our own thing until the government steps in and tells us we can't like that. Right. That seems like a cop out to me. Right. And so, and so the, their point is like, is essentially, uh, okay. So if you say we have to just, we just us on our end have to be much more restrictive to right-wing conspiracy theorists. And they're not technically wrong about the, the, in essence, they're not wrong, but in practice they're wrong in how they act. But basically it's like, if we have to be harder on them and you're only saying we should do that, a different company with worse ethics than ours is going to grow because they will accept those people. Um, and there's a point there, and they're not wrong that there should be regulation, but they are wrong about your whole thing of like, we have to stay unethical because of the other unethicals. Isn't it better to have them under our watch than somebody else's? In the end, is still you justifying being an evil sack of shit. Well, yeah, and also, it, it, here's the thing, is that what what's the, the real bothersome part of this whole thing for me is we were talking about, you know, a virtual reality or an augmented reality, but ultimately your reality is what you consume and surround yourself with, the the, the atmosphere that you create in your mind. So the information that you consume dictates your reality. And so when it is found that the algorithm is perpetuating things that are either objectively untrue or specifically antagonizing. And that's all you consume. There are so many people I know, they don't watch the news. They don't do individual research. What they do is they get all of their information, whether it's family, friends, or the world from Facebook. And so as they're viewing these things, they're viewing things that might be 100% incorrect or specifically antagonizing. And those are the things that are being favored by the algorithm, which means they're more likely to see these things, consume these things. And then you're more likely to see like what happened with the insurrection, a bunch of people who honestly think that Donald Trump is waiting to overthrow Joe Biden and that all the Democrats are, are like pedophiles or something running some sort of satanic cabal and you get a, a and they say untrue the stuff too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, <laughs> I uh, it, the funny thing the the funny thing I was thinking there where I was like, well, Donald Trump is kind of trying to does actually want to overthrow, just not in the way that these conspiracy theorists think. He's gonna he's gonna try and do it with. Well, you know, look, stealing elections is, in the future. And there, and so then I was like, wait, but then I sound like the people saying like, no, 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 but my conspiracy is right. So I decided to lean into both of them. Right. Well, but here's the thing is that every conspiracy has a tiny bit of truth. Here, I'm going to give everybody, this is probably a terrible idea. Democrats here's, do drink baby blood. Yeah. It's just rabbits. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, it's, it's like this. 
here's the here's the ingredients for a conspiracy theory. You need a little bit of truth in the beginning, and then you need an unopened ending at the end. That's that's all you need. You need a little bit of truth and an unopened ending that suggests whatever you would like to implant in people's minds. So, for instance, yeah, a, a little bit of truth would be, you know, the, the government does a lot of things behind our back. That's true. I mean, you, there's evidence and document upon documentation upon documentation that will prove that, right? The government does a lot of stuff underneath our nose or backhanded or manipulative. That is true. The open-ended part is, yeah, the government does a lot of backhanded manipulated stuff, and we can't prove that it's not to put chips in us and control right, us. Right. Like robots. They do all of these things. And we think this time we've correctly guessed which ones without any proof. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and also, it's also the most nightmarish situation. Um, it's also the most unbelievably horrifying, panic-inducing situation. And guess what? When you get that horrifying, panic-inducing situation, it goes exactly to what we were talking about earlier, that panic chemical, the same chemical as if you were being attacked by a tiger, it releases and then you start freaking out. And, and that's how you're, that's how they have your full undivided attention. Like, and, and here's what bothers me about specifically false information being perpetuated. I was talking with somebody and because my question was always why, like, why would anybody be interested in starting a conspiracy theory? Why would anybody be interested in starting a lie or whatever? But I was talking to somebody the other day, literally, and he goes, he tells me, he's like, it was the craziest thing. He's like, I grew up in Pennsylvania and I made, I literally made this rumor up out of nowhere. This is what this guy tells me in Pennsylvania, in like elementary school, he just out of the top of his head for attention, made up the untrue lie that, uh, that Gwen Stefani was born a man. That's all he said. He just, he just, and people started freaking out. They're like, wait, really? 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 And he said at first, that was just exciting. It was just exciting that people believed him. But then he said he moved to Nebraska and in high school and somebody in his high school in Nebraska said, hey, I heard that Gwen Stefani was actually born a man. And he said the rush that filled him at that moment, like, oh my God, this thing that I made up has reached all the way to Nebraska from Pennsylvania. Uh, and he said he like felt unbelievable. He said it was one of the, he literally said the words, it was one of the greatest moments in my life. So now imagine you have a platform that goes all over the world to billions of people and you make up some kind of agitating lie to get attention and now the algorithm favors that agitating lie and spreads everywhere. You're getting, that is like, that's like that scene in Scarface. If one like is like a bump of cocaine, that is like you burying your face in the mountain of coke and coming out looking like, you know. It's, it's a tough thing too, because there's a lot of people, and I include myself in this, despite the fact that it'll probably start an entire conspiracy. Yeah, right, Jimmy. Uh, but I, I can't even like get into the mindset of somebody who's delighted 
in selling a lie like that. Like, obviously, I can understand the concept of lying to protect oneself or to feel safer or to feel more in control of something. Still wrong, but I understand where those kinds of things come from, and I think we've all done it. But to literally just be like, I'm getting my validation from how well this completely made-up thing that could be hurtful to somebody if believed like that, that, that is what gives me the rush of successfully. It, it, it just, it makes you wonder if everybody who fucking sells stuff is one of those people where it's like, yeah, and I successfully lied to hell about that car. I just sold that. Guy. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and, and the thing is, listen, this is something that exists within all of us that the, the need for acceptance so often people make as a bad thing, but it's not, it's literally built within the human experience. We are pack animals. That's, that's who we are. And so we crave community period. We crave community. We crave acceptance. And yeah, there are people who are introverted and like to be, you know, charge their batteries alone. But at the end of the day, nobody likes exclusion. Nobody likes excommunication. People might like solitude, but that's voluntary. Sure. The, sure. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that we are, it is, it is, it is, it is coded within our DNA to be accepted by group. Yeah. I never know when you're just stopping. Sorry. I literally, I, I, I literally muted myself to cough. <laughs> oh. But anyway, we are, we are, it is, it is in our genes to be accepted by group. And when there is some sort of excitement in the acceptance, you know, when, when you are the person creating the stir or when you are the person that people are coming to for information, listen, nobody's impervious to it. It's going to create a rush. And so I get it. But what's, what's really bothersome is that Zuckerberg isn't just creating a virtual reality in so many cases, look, it, and you've said this before on your show, the people who were doing the insurrection, if you really believed as reality that your election was stolen from you and you really believe as reality that it was stolen from you by actual baby blood drinking, chip implanting, like oppressors, then yeah, that's how any human being is going to react. But what's dangerous is this is what we are filling people's minds with as fact. And it's what the algorithm is favoring. It's we're not just creating a virtual reality. We are creating a false horror reality. That's it's, it's, it's simply, you know, like I said, we've talked about this before you turn off the computer and go outside you're likely to not be attacked by pedophilic Satan worshiping Democrats. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty, I'm willing to bet that if everybody listening to this right now, as soon as the podcast's over, literally just goes outside for a walk. I am, I'm a gambling man, but I'm willing to wager 100% of you will not be attacked by pedophilic satanic Democratic government officials. I'm almost positive of God, it. Do you know how much work you just gave the DNC to do? <laughs> oh, Dom. So anyway, Facebook changed its name to Meta is what we're getting yeah. at. 
I, and I watched the entire presentation. Now I wasn't watching the presentation cause I give any fucks about what name they changed to. Uh, I did want to know about their technological vision for the future that talking about going inside the house that is the internet, which they're calling the metaverse uh, versus nice. being outside and looking through the windows. Um, the uh, uh, the virtual reality future is something I'm very invested in and wanted to see. And so I was there because recently there were several leaks of a new Oculus headset that was supposed to be right coming out or something there's all these leaks happening there's even leaks in like the software in the existing headsets that allude to this and now i'm wondering is this such a sinister company that they knew a lot of people would watch live if they leaked those things and then didn't announce it because they literally didn't i watched the whole thing just to see what the new headset was and the only thing they announced was we do have a new headset in the works that's going to be a high-end set. It'll cost more. It's called Project Cambria, and we are so excited to tell you about it next year. <laughs> that was oh, like the they, only of thing. They did that on purpose. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's Why what I'm thinking. Talk like, about it. It's like it's. They're just like, all right. So we're going to talk about all of this stuff and how we're trying to. It, it, it's almost one of those things where you're like, I wonder if this was the same planned presentation two weeks ago, because. Facebook Connect and Oculus Connect, like they happen around the same time every year. So they were going to happen. But it makes you wonder whether or not the presentation changed as more scrutiny came up and they were like, guys, it's not us. Look at all these awesome things. And this is this is where that conflict comes in, where you're like, I hate Facebook. I hate all of these right. things they do, right. but I desperately want them to do the things they say they're going to do in this virtual reality thing. I, I feel like Hassan Piker, you know who that is? I don't. So he's he's like one of the leading, uh, as far as leading, like has the most audience. He has like the biggest audience. He's a leftist uh, influencer. So he's a socialist. He, he is... He streams for eight hours every day on Twitch. Uh, wow. He makes a ton of money. He was one of the people whose income leaked on Twitch. Uh, he was the guy who, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, or maybe a couple months ago now, people were mad because they found out he bought a $6 million house. And they're like, we thought you were a socialist. And they were mad about him buying a $6 million house uh, in California. And he's like... $6 million wow. gets you a shed in California, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, a $6 million house in California. It's not it, as I great mean, as it sounds. Th that's probably, like, you're looking, I'm, I'm I'm just venturing a guess here, like, probably, like, a five-bedroom, two-story house in a suburb. Yeah, it actually probably is a nice house, for the record. $6 million and probably gets you something, but it's not as, it's not a mansion like a lot of people think it is. I don't think, no. anyway. But anyway, and you he was gotta, like, he was like, listen. You gotta get to 10 to have a man, 10 to 12 and, is a small-time mansion in, in California. And basically, they're like, no, you were supposed to give all of your money to charity, stay in poverty, and give your rent to pay somebody else's mortgage. Uh, is how, anyway, so a lot of people are mad at him. But I, I just think about his relationship with some things the way I feel like my relationship with Facebook is where I love Oculus so much. I love virtual reality so much. I so badly want basically the world from the book Ready Player One. Dom, if you haven't read Ready Player One, you should read it with your son. I, 
I auditioned for Ready Player One. Right, but that's not what I asked. <laughs> if you uh, if you haven't read the book or even the audio book, you should do it with your son. You will both get a lot out of it because it, it oh, okay. it's very like it it very much points to a future that now even just reading about it, you're like, yeah, that is the future, and I want it. Um, but Sounds it, awesome. And then you can skip Ready Player Two if you want because I don't know. I've only read. The first, I think, half of it and didn't like it. Maybe I'll try and finish it. Maybe my mind will change. But uh, it's it's about this virtual reality world. I, anyway, I love this. I want what's called in what they're calling the metaverse in uh, this book is basically called the Oasis. And I want the Oasis to exist so bad. And Facebook is creating the the most consumer available hardware. You can jump in to full virtual reality right now. Full. I'm talking like you get the whole experience. You don't need a computer, anything with an Oculus Quest 2. You can get those, I think, for like 300 bucks, like much wow. less than a smartphone, something that has full access to the Internet, which includes virtual reality porn. Uh, it has, let me just look, uh, what these are going for right now, uh, full access to the internet. So, and, and access to tons of apps. Lots of these apps are free. Yeah. It literally starts at $300 for a brand new one with 128 gigabytes. Uh, you're going to be able to do all kinds of, I feel like I'm selling this almost right now and I'm not also check, check out the affiliate link. I don't have one. Uh, but I, I seriously love virtual reality so, so much. And I want the world to exist more. I even put, I even put, and I'll come back to my Hassan Piker um, thing here in a second, because it is relevant. Uh, but I even put on my main YouTube channel the other day, let me actually find it here. I put a poll uh, and, and it's a kind of a controversial poll, P-O-L-L, for people who, I know that that's one of the words that I say weird. Sorry. I just, you all might've just heard my, uh, well, no, that won't have recorded it. Totally. Uh, you heard it, you heard it, but they won't have heard it. Uh, so here's the poll I did in the next five years, a huge shift to virtual reality and mixed reality will happen. And before long, we'll take over what we do as smartphones and will soon become the main hub for online interaction and personal online activities that, so I started with that statement, which by the way, if you watched Facebook's thing today, you basically would be like, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I would be surprised, but it almost feels like he stole some of my talking points because Mark Zuckerberg definitely believes that same thing, but I said it first. Anyway, uh, I wrote, this is a personal belief slash prediction of mine that I wonder how many people agree with. I suspect not many, but recent developments have increased my confidence in this happening soon. And so then the poll, you could agree, disagree, or say you have no idea. 45% of people didn't have any idea. Only 24% of people agreed with me, 32% disagreed. So more disagreed than agreed. Now, in the comments, there are plenty of people who basically say, like, I just think your timeline is wrong, that five years isn't correct. And maybe that's, maybe, maybe you're right. But I'm sitting here going, like, I am so into this, so invested in it, and I genuinely believe this is the future. I think we will do so much of our days, our jobs, our vacations, our social life will happen in either completely virtual worlds or enhanced worlds where you're wearing a, basically a, what looks like just a pair of glasses, but the people who have the glasses on are seeing a totally different world 
uh, obviously objects are still there. So where you see a wall, there is a wall, but are seeing a completely different world than anyone who doesn't have it on. I think that is 100% coming and that's the world that's coming and I want it. I'm excited for it. And so that is where I'm like, fuck, I hate Mark Zuckerberg. I want to say I hate him, but I'm like, you're kind of a dick and you're one of these people who have become a billionaire and you think that in the genius things you have done and the money you've accumulated that you know better what's for mankind than the rest of mankind. And that things because you're a genius in one area, uh, you must just be a genius over everything. It's this sort of it's almost like a super Dunning-Kruger where it's like, but I am a genius. Therefore, on any topic, I must start as a total expert. And in reality, you're at the beginning of the curve of competency. Uh, it's well, it. Well, let me let me just finish. And so yeah. bringing this, I have a lot of conflict, as must someone like Hassan Piker. And there's probably going to be Hassan Piker fanboys who listen to this or fangirls or fan non-binary people. I like Hassan very much, but one can point out this individual who is a socialist, who is making a lot of money pointing out, pushing out leftist views, which I 100% appreciate, and talks a lot of shit about companies like Amazon and Jeff Bezos literally works for Amazon and Jeff Bezos. His his platform is Twitch. So right now, the number one pe- place that people are basically getting anti-Amazon content is on an Amazon product. And so I, I feel like I have this, this level of conflict that I would feel in the same place where it's like, man, I really want these things broken up. I don't believe, I think that Amazon is, is probably a mostly evil company. And, and I've gotten shit on before when people have been like, Ooh, I see an Amazon box in your background. How can you support that company? And you're literally, and I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm also a leftist. And if Hassan Piker, through his partnership with Amazon, can make millions of dollars, I don't think my hypocrisy is the, is the one that needs policing quite as much in this regard. And it's tough. It's, 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 it's a tough situation where you're like, fuck, that's the world I want to live in. Virtual reality will be such an equalizer. I'm not kidding. Like, I truly believe that. And you kind of see this in um, in in that book I was telling you to read, Ready Player One, where it's your presentation of yourself will be whatever you want it to be. You don't ever have to know. There's there's this show that, you know, you're familiar with The Masked Singer, right, Dom? I have watched literally right. every single episode. And I've never uh, seen it. Ashamed. I've never seen any of it. Uh, but I'm familiar with the concept. Uh, I mean, I've seen clips of things. Okay, there's another show. Have you heard of it called Alter Ego? No. Okay, so Alter Ego is kind of like The Masked Singer, except for that basically the singers are actually backstage in a computer room that they have motion tracking on. And what the audience sees instead of the singer is an avatar that is digitally made that represents the singer. So you have people who might be uh, very overweight, like myself. My avatar would be much skinnier. Uh, or you might have overweight people who don't have to worry about, like most of the avatars look like aliens. You can do cross-gender if you want. There's And this is actually like the one that stuck in my head the most. There is this individual who is, uh, uh, doesn't say they are trans, says they just do drag. Uh, and and actually, when they sing, they sound more like a woman and feels like their performance person is a woman. 
and their voice sounds very feminine. And so everybody was shocked when that person got voted off and you finally got to see the person behind this digital avatar because their digital avatar was this beautiful woman uh, and and then a man walks out and and that was the person behind that avatar the entire time. And in that regard, like what happened there, uh, I think virtual reality is going to be this tremendous equalizer because for so many interactions, you will not have any idea what the race of the person you're dealing with is, what even the gender of the person you're dealing with is, what their height is, what their weight is. Their avatar is going to be a representation that they choose instead of a representation that they have. And so I so want that world. And it sucks to be sitting here and going like, I honestly think that Facebook is one of the worst things we ever created. I think Twitter is one of the worst things we ever created. I said that once and people were like, oh yeah, worse than the Holocaust. And I'm not saying that it is yet, but I legitimately think that the potential for future genocides will happen because of polarization on social media and and misinformation on social media. Just think about like if Q got into being the Q cult, if they got into being hundreds of millions large and had the power to like fight, and they're already up to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially in the millions, and they had the potential to violently impose their will. Uh, first of all, are we are any of us thinking that some type of genocide wouldn't happen in that scenario? And then when it does, or if it does, what do we say was the source of all of that? Because all of these great conspiracy groups started on these different social media platforms. And so when I say like, yes, I, I understand you could say, well, the Internet's the same way. You can use it for good or use it for evil. But when it comes to social media, mostly it's been chosen to be used for evil. And as Dom pointed out, the algorithm has favored evil because it sells better, because it addicts you harder. You become more addicted. And so it sucks to be in the situation where I'm like, God, I want that equalized universe. I want that metaverse. And and the people who are going to give it to us the fastest, develop the technology the quickest, and have the most resources to do it are a company that I can't trust to not destroy it and destroy humanity well, when they create it. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I mean, I, I might be in the minority here, but I get kind of freaked out at the idea of two different worlds like the virtual world and the and the um and the you know tangible reality or whatever i mean it kind of freaks me out because you know what it reminds me of is um i know you're not as much of a cinephile as me but but have you ever seen the original judge dread no oh there's this great scene so it's uh uh sylvester stallone is is uh essentially like you know, he, he goes to the future, he's frozen and he wakes up in a, in a future world and he's got to, you know, defend the future world. Well, he gets in a relationship with Sandra Bullock and uh, there's a there's a scene where they have sex. But the thing is, is that it's not actual sex. She's like, I'm really into you. He's like, I'm really into you, too. And then she's like, OK, let's put on our, our virtual, you know, like our virtual masks. And they put them on and, and they start like having sex in this virtual world. And he's going like, Sounds wait, awesome. no. He goes, he goes, no, I want to, I want to touch you. And she freaks out. She's like, you mean like actual human contact? Oh, and he's like, yeah, I want to. And she's like, wait, 
that would mean, and she starts like contemplating what physical touch sex would be. And she's like, no, like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Like the fluids and like, it's, 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 it's really interesting. Yeah. So (laughs) you can listen to cautionary tales. Uh, Also, we should all be aware that cautionary tales very rarely actually predict the future. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Back to the Future does not look very much yeah. like this world. Or 2015, by the way. That's when they went. Back to the Future 2, they went to 2015. Yeah. Um, but, but what I'm saying is just there's a really cool adaptation of this in a film. I can't remember the name of the film, but essentially what it is is they, they go into this desert and they say, are you ready for the digital mall? And they put on, you know, the glasses and all of a sudden there's like this, suddenly. you know, six store. Thank you. Suddenly there's this six, seven story mall and they get to go shopping and get digital things. And sure. yeah, they get to live in like two separate realities. Part of that sounds cool. The other part of it is like, you know, I don't know. At what Nobody's going to force you to put the glasses what, at, on. But when you at put what the point, at what point are we just living in the matrix? You Good. Know? But what's the, okay. The problem with living in the matrix was what was being done? Like, yeah, but we're using you as batteries and other shit and the story doesn't actually make any sense because that wouldn't work very well. But the when we're talking about, again, I'm talking about a great equalizer. So right now we have this situation where it's like, oh, look at so-and-so. They're, they're wearing a $5,000 Armani suit. But when you look at me, you look, you're looking at me in a $5,000 Armani suit, but I actually paid a, a fucking 11 year old in Bangladesh. Okay. That, that sounds like I'm doing child later. I, yeah. I actually like some, my son designed this and it's a $1 NFT out there that anybody can do. I've got the Ferrari skin on my car. Uh, and I think for a lot of people that are, that suffer from certain disabilities, uh, or different, like different places of lack of privilege, the, the opposite of privilege, people who are oppressed and people who are able to escape their, their, their skin, or even people that are just like, yeah, the ability to, as a trans person, go in as my avatar and just exist and have people automatically defaulting to calling me ma'am and stuff because their only experience of me is they're seeing on the outside what I see on the inside. Uh, I, there's there's so much. Of course, there's lots of things that are going to be scary for people. And no one is going to force anyone to put the glasses on, I hope. Because, fa- you know, it's Facebook. Who fucking knows? Uh, but it, it is a... It, it First of all, it is the natural progression of technology. doesn't mean that that's a good thing because natural progressions of technology also led to things like nuclear bombs. Uh, so we have the ability to be a part of it and to sort of direct it where it's going. We have the ability. I, I 100% believe that we're not going to escape capitalism until capitalism escapes us. And it's one of those sad things where I'm like, I am a socialist. And so I'm going to advocate for as much socialism as I can until uh, we get there. But the reality is capitalism is going to keep winning out because money's going to keep being power. And there's an obscene amount of power and money out there. And so uh, my thought process is, however, at some point, capitalism will escape us before we escape capitalism, because at a certain point, you've built robots that do 
every job. In other words, there's no job for anybody. You know, you've built universes that you can put a pair of glasses on and have whatever experience you want to have. You can you can go and do and there's going to be more aspects to it than just replacing your vision. You're going to have to have a sensory interaction with this metaverse that goes beyond just looking through a pair of glasses. Uh, It's to me all to that end Uh, and and true equality I think is possible through a lot of this technological advancement. Now that said, there is something to go with like, wait, so people of color will only be able to get equality when they can hide that they're a person of color. And of course that that cannot be the end goal. You can't go and go like, yeah, what if we solve racism by just making everybody blue? It's like, you still have to go somewhere, but the escapism and the ability to have those conversations as equals uh, uh, because you don't have a way to treat anybody besides anything but an equal, I think will accelerate the pace at which outside in the regular world, we will treat each other better. More of those, more of those experiences where you've been watching the female avatar singing and convinced that there is this beautiful woman in front of you. And then a man walks out on the stage is going to be a mind shifting experience for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, it, if, it's it's a wild thought. It's like a genuinely wild thought. It reminds me because you know Elon Musk is working on Neuralink, yeah. right? Yep. And <laughs> my son, my son and I were talking about it, and it's kind of funny because uh, he goes, he goes, Dad, it would be great. Think about it. Imagine having Google in your head. You yeah. can ask any question and just know, you know. And I was like, Yeah. Imagine having Twitter in your head. Yeah, like. I- Imagine just all day long, just keep yelling mind. and screaming and right. <laughs> like a vitriol just all day long. Like, you know, the benefit of, of like the computer right now is even though it is addicting, you can just turn it off and walk away from it, you know, and go outside and experience you know, something just so you know, the vision of the future isn't to take that away. Right. right. What you're describing is like, nobody's saying like, we're putting this chip in your head and now every tweet you will just always hear all the time. No, I know. I know. I know. It's just, I I was just teasing him, you know, but, but uh, it's interesting. Like what you're saying, it's kind of interesting because, um, I remember I was talking to a friend, uh, this was in, when we were in high school, so this was maybe, you know, whatever, 15 years ago or whatever. And, um, and he was really smart. In fact, this particular person got the highest score in our state on the ACTs, but he was failing out of school because he was one of those guys who, and this was really popular when you and I went to high school. He was one of those guys who just stopped going to school to live in world of Warcraft. Sure. And, and if you remember, uh, they made a South Park episode about World of Warcraft and Stan's dad says, you know, in this world, I'm just a mere geologist. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But, but it was weird because I remember I was talking with my buddy and he literally said those words unironically. I mean, he was like, dude, he was like in, in our school, whatever, I'm just somebody people pass by. Nobody really cares. But he's like in, 
in this game. He's like, I am respected. He's like, people really, really respect me. And he was told, I mean, that's where he wanted to be. That's, that's where he wanted to spend a lot of his time. And what, what we're talking about is the ability to actually experience that viscerally rather than kind of second hand. Sure. But we're also talking about an actual bringing a real world you into it. It's it's no less real than any social performance. You're talking about World of Warcraft where it's like, yeah, you can't really be a paladin. But it's not as though that that person's experience of being a respected paladin didn't bring them validation. So if that's unhealthy, we need to talk about if it's unhealthy or not. But it might not be unhealthy, except for that it sounds like kids got to a point of addiction. Uh, well, with es- escapism's not necessary. Escapism can be very healthy. I mean, sure. w- w- the interesting thing is, I'm not putting any kind of judgment on this on this future world you're you're discussing. What I'm saying is, it would absolutely change the way we live, and that's yeah. not a marketing ploy. I mean, we would have to reevaluate what life is. Good, because we're fucking it up right now. <laughs> like, you and I are sitting here as white men, uh, both cis. I am straight passing, but I'm not straight. You're straight. Right. And and I can understand the anxieties that when a person in that position first hears about this experience is. But I think a lot of people hear this and go like, yeah, great. But, well, okay, actually, there's two ways one person who's outside of our group might hear this and go. But I think there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, as a person without privilege, it does sound exciting to have some of these things equalized and to have some of these things reevaluated. Because right now, reevaluating life and how we treat each other, I'm in one of the groups that gets treated like shit. So, like, the the hesitation to reevaluate is usually only ever experienced by people uh, in privilege. Now, that said... Certainly there are plenty of people out there who could rightfully say, uh, I don't, it's kind of like the vaccine thing where, uh, there, I, I can understand vaccine hesitancy amongst groups that are like, uh, in the past, they pretended to give us vaccines, but gave us syphilis. Now that said, I think enough exists to make sure that that's, I don't think that's a good reason not to get vaccinated anymore. I think that there is lots and lots of resources to be sure that that's not going to happen and that, that people don't need to worry about that, but you don't need to take it from me, the fucking white guy on a podcast, go talk to a black doctor. Like I'm, I'm fine with that because they're the ones who are going to give you that information. Uh, and I could see a similar thing where it's like, Yo, we were treated horribly on the internet, like trans people on Twitter right now. Like, why would I now go further into that world? Uh, But as far as just stepping back and going like this basic experience that people should have. Dom, you know what I think would be fun for you and I to do? I don't know if it would be Hmm. a thing we would record or not. But one thing that I think would be fun, uh, have you ever played Minecraft? My kids are all about it all day long. Have you ever built anything on Minecraft yourself? Personally, no. I try to build stuff and I forget to put something in my hand and I accidentally like destroy something my son built and he freaks out. And you just scream. All right. So here's here. Yours would probably take some more time. So I think what you would have to do is a lot like eight hours and just be like, Dom, build something neat. Here are your basic building blocks. We'll put these. You want this for these colors. Build like a house or uh, a church or something. Just build something. One time I built... um, the experience like this I had was I, on the computer, I built 
Uh, did you ever watch Futurama? Yeah. You remember that red building they all worked in? Yeah, yeah. I built that in um, in Minecraft. And then it's like, okay, you finished your thing. Now look at it and appreciate it. And this is where I'm talking about that experience of looking through a window. You're literally on an iPad or a computer. You have a window in front of you, essentially. And you get to move around the view of that window and look at the different angles. To me, it was a profound experience that I think will be lost on kids like your son, but could still potentially be profound for you. When I then put on a virtual reality headset, and I stepped into Minecraft. And now I wasn't looking through a window. I was inside the house. I was walking through the doors I made. I was looking right. at the model I made as though it was in front of me to scale. I was, it's, it's, it is, uh, there's also this game called Skyrim that I love. And I, yeah, I've been playing it. Skyrim. I've been playing it for the last 10 years and I still play it. And I almost cried the first time I, this is a world that I'm very attached to. I've put thousands of hours in. I don't play that much anymore, but I'll probably still play like every two or three months. I'll, I'll probably play for like a day or two uh, where I'll play several hours, but it's a world I'm very attached to. I know, I know it better than the city I live in that world. And the first time that I went into Skyrim in virtual reality, even though it's digital, you're like, look at the trees. The leaves are literally 2D and now you can see it more than ever because you don't have this locked angle. You can go look at each side of it and realize that it's these are literally 2D skins. And yet it was like almost a religious experience. <laughs> Obviously, a funny thing for an atheist like me to see to go and sit in there and go, somebody created this like this actually is. I dare say an intelligently designed world and it's a world I became very attached to. And I am right now at the top of a mountain looking at the world of Skyrim in a way that I have never experienced it before, even though I've been at this exact spot on this exact mountain hundreds of times. These are like, if, if you have the right mind for it, cause there are a lot of people who tried new technology. That's incredible. And they're just like, Oh, that's what I expect of the world I live in. Like, thank you for this new type of espresso machine. Uh, but meanwhile, a person who's like an engineer and loves coffee will appreciate that espresso machine very differently. But I feel like VR has such a wide breadth of applications that that profound experience can happen in some way to most people. And and it really is the difference of gazing through the window versus yeah. getting in the house is Dom, it's to this point. You have doesn't your son have a virtual reality headset? Uh huh. Um, does it? Did you get the thing fixed on it, the battery or whatever? Not yet. No. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what we could do or how we could do this because it's an experiment that I want to try with you. Uh, you've skyped before, right? Yeah. That would be weird if you hadn't, or Zoom, or or whatever. Right, 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 right. I know a lot of people have checked out by now because they're like, Jimmy's just going to talk about his hard on about virtual reality. But this is this is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And this experience that I'm about to describe, I think, is a way all of you could prove to yourselves that virtual reality has to be the future. Um, you and I, I think, have Skyped or used Zoom before. Yeah, 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 definitely. And when we Zoom and we have cameras on, I can see your actual face. I yeah. can see 
uh, your your hair. I can tell whether you have put any effort into looking good that day or whatever. Right. Alternatively, and this is something I want to try with you and see if you see if experience it the same way. You and I could both from, we're only a hundred miles apart, but we could do it across the world. And I've done it across the world. I've done it with a, a, an, an old girlfriend in the UK. Uh, we could alternatively get into virtual reality headsets and we could go into a game like VR chat or alt space, or the one that I've done it the most with is called rec room. Now in rec room, we are going to be replaced by avatars that do not look much like us. We could have have similar features, but they honestly don't really look like us. As far as total amount of definition, uh, uh, as far as like detail, they have about the same amount of detail as a Lego figure. Do you know what I mean? Like basic yeah, shapes. I, I gotcha. yeah. yeah, very basic shapes, no real facial expression, whatever. And yet I can tell you from experience and the experience that has been reported to me by many other people, I would feel more like I was in the same room talking to you, hanging out with you, if I was in there with a virtual avatar where you have this spatial experience of being around somebody else, then I feel like I am having a one-on-one -on -one conversation in, uh, for example, I think I could be much crueler to you on zoom than I could be in virtual reality. Cause I would feel more, maybe, maybe not quite as much cause of facial expression, but facial expressions are coming much more detailed avatars are coming. But even right now with very basic avatars, the experience of being in a virtual reality room with someone feels more like you are actually hanging out with a real person in your space in, dare I say, the real world, despite it being the virtual world, than Skype or FaceTime even comes at all close to. Doesn't even scratch the surface of how you how much it feels like an authentic experience with another person. Gotcha. I, hey, like I said, man, it all sounds, it all sounds super, super, super cool. And Michelle has promised me she will never do it. That's the really? worst one. Yeah, my girlfriend, she's like, when I talk about it, she's like, I don't want to live in that world. She has, yeah, made, that's, she's, well, she has said very dark things. Before so, that happens, I'm out of here, basically. Well, here's here's the last thing I'll say, and then we should probably wrap up. But the the thing is, is... Tom, you know, you've never actually, wrapped it up in your life. That's why you have a son. <laughs> yeah, starting this episode talking about your all these kids. Your pullout game um, is weak. <laughs> so, no, the, what I'm, what I'm, the thing is, is I've actually like worked with people who uh, have done virtual reality, um, virtual reality therapy, yeah. which is really, really beneficial for people with PTSD and social anxiety and agoraphobia. Uh, virtual reality therapy is is really good. And I, I know some, um, a guy that does it specifically in Venice, who's just so passionate about it. And I was able to, to, you know, do it. I don't have social anxiety, but I do, but, uh, it manifests differently in me, but it was really cool. And I saw what he did and I thought the work was beautiful. And I loved, um, and I, I love the idea of sharpening our online experience to a virtual experience. And, you know, there are a lot of people who, who live life. And I think if it creates new opportunities and times for people to manifest things that they were never able to do before, I think that's awesome. My thing is, you know, when you're des describing these experiences, wow, I could never 
you know, it would be amazing, especially if I'm, you know, on the road or traveling to be able to put on a headset and then still hang out with my kids Oh yeah, or, or something like that. Like that would be freaking sweet. Like you're in the same room. That's that yeah. it already to some degree exists. And then with the level of realism where you will see them like they look regular right, right. now, it's all avatars. But they even showed off in today's presentation a an avatar of a guy who works at Facebook who it was a surprise when he revealed it was an avatar. Wow. That's how See, realistic that, that's, it was. That's so tight. I think that's amazing. Um, the only thing is, you know, and I don't want any of this to sound at all elitist or pretentious, but um, th- when you were talking about like, I totally get what you were saying about, you know, you you play this game for years and then you get the opportunity to go into the game. That's that's sort of like a, a wild fantasy you have when, yeah. you know, when you were growing up playing video games at our age. Like, what if we could go in the game? Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. And, and it's tight. It's all tight. And I love the option being out there. However, like, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more difficult. And I know you know this feeling, too. Um, but I also like the, like the feeling of being able to do that, you know, to use the internet term like IRL as yeah, well. No one's you know taking, what I mean? Dom, we're not, we're saying. not no going to put you in pods. No one's taking it away. But I let me, it. let me, let it. me tell you this though. What about the difference between, so we're talking about, uh, and, and this is kind of the stuff that's been shown off. Let's say you go to the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah awesome experience, breathtaking. You see this big stuff and you realize there was yeah, a it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, for me, for me, things like that, like I love, I'm just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. Nature and things that aren't people pull out profundity to me in much easier ways. All right. So <laughs> you've out. gone, you've, you're at the grand Canyon and one of the parts of going to the grand Canyon is being told like this was cut out by a river and all this stuff. And right. so now all you have to do is put on a pair of what look like regular ass glasses. And not only do you now see the entire thing shift and they are showing you what that landscape looked like when it was a river. They are showing you sped up how it became the normal thing. Not yeah. only can you do that in this real world experience you're doing, your son who has, okay, I won't say your son. Let's say you have a, Okay, I don't want to. I I I weirdly am superstitious about something, which is that don't project somebody being disabled in the future or something like that, like as though it's going <laughs> to no, make it real. A, I was going to yeah. say like your son at home who is a paraplegic has a pair of glasses on and is experiencing the Grand Canyon in a way he couldn't have because you went. Do you yeah, know what I mean? No, I I love all of that. Everything. Uh, yeah, I I see what you're saying. I'm totally. I'm and you totally can take sold. the glasses off anytime you want. Yeah, my my extremist, my extremist, uh, my extremist, um, mind automatically goes to any type of competition between a virtual world and and uh, like I don't you know the actual world, but that world that word actual is a very difficult word. The the physical world maybe. Um, but the point is, is, you know, I wonder about a competition and then I wonder about like a full on replacement, because if you could figure out a way to generate income in the, uh, in the virtual world that, and, and also, you know, and generate sustenance for your body in the physical world, then I I would see no reason to leave. Sure. So, and, and there may be people who don't leave. I'm not right. like, 
And so there is a level that you have to recognize that all of us have, and we have to get over many times, old man syndrome. And what oh, old yeah, man totally, syndrome totally, is, totally, totally. old man syndrome for people, people not aware is when I was a kid, we did it this way and that exactly. should be good enough for this well, generation. And you're almost offended, but, and, yeah. but you're also like, like there are people who are like, no, to go and experience the Grand Canyon, I had to work my ass off to make a bunch of money to be able right, to afford right, the right. trip, to be able to blah, blah, blah. Then I had to go and do the hike. And they have this level of offense. Like if you're telling me somebody from their living room can simulate the exact same experience, that's some bullshit. It's not even in the real world. It's not real. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here going like half of us are on drugs because our brains don't know that tigers aren't about to attack us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And literally. you want to complain yeah. to me that I might yeah. experience experience something that's not technically real, but might trick my brain. Like yep. go fuck yourself. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know any other better way to end than with that sentence than saying, go right fuck there. I was actually going to say, I actually wanted to take that one more place, which is, so I think there are, there are two solutions potentially possible for the future. Either this great equalizer where Everybody can do whatever they want. We have this virtual and real world blended experience. It, it, it all gets very, very enhanced. That's option one. Yeah. Option two, Dom, I think, yeah. is that we massively, massively breed and increase the population of tigers and release them into society. Wait a minute. Bring out I the actual that. tigers that are going to eat us and go back second. to that world. Wait, no, I figured this whole thing out. Do you need me to fade Oh my back gosh, on? Jimmy. What needs to happen... No, 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 play it out, play it out. Okay. Is we need this virtual world so that when my son asks to jump off the roof... Yes! I can give it to him to virtually jump off the roof. Yes, and the worst and part is, in that world, he's learning how to actually parkour in real life, and my 32-year-old... 250 pound ass will be able to parkour just as good as him. Yes! Yeah. Sorry, son. Have a good day, everybody. 